Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. I'll team We practiced against him for two days. You'd think those guys would kid. know his speed and what he's done. They went one-on-one against him. You'd think that, uh, you know, Jake would have a pretty good idea on Sertain on, on how he plays and of, from going against him for for a couple days. So, you know, you can't leave the ball hanging back behind a guy. You, you, you should understand the coverages that you're going to get because you just saw him for two days. So that part is disappointing. There's so much to unpack. Oh, my God. Uh, Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment. And uh, it's it's Monday here, and we've just been overflowing with Vikings takes off of that preseason game two days ago. Purple Daily can't contain <laughs> our Vikings takes. They're just We have overflowing copious amounts of Vikings takes. So, Judd, uh, before we get to your... Leftover takeaways from uh, preseason game one here, and we'll get to some statements on this Monday. Um, which little kid was he referring to the the, the shifty receiver that caught the, was it the eighty yard yeah. touchdown pass? KJ KJ Hamler, who is a small <laughs> human being, but he's incredibly <laughs> fast. It's um, like a nine year old out there. Yeah, he was, he was not. A, yes, he is a he is a smaller guy, but because. He is not the biggest guy in the world. He's also incredibly fast. So he was indeed the little kid. I love you trying to bait Mike Zimmer into just ripping well, his front office, ripping his make, backup quarterbacks. Bravo. So so can I tell you you guys in so when Cousins missed time and came back, and I tried to I tried to pry a bit there. And then on Saturday, okay, when Cousins took the podium, I basically said, There's nobody behind you who should play quarterback. He never stopped me. He never said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Jay, you know, hold on, Judd, you know, or or you dummy, Jake." Brown. So, your, so your question prefaced by saying, "Like these guys are garbage. I, I they said, should yeah. never play an well, NFL no, game." I said, and he didn't correct you. I believe flat out they shouldn't play, and I said, "There's no quarterback behind you who should play. Like it's that simple." And he didn't stop me. The end of my question to Mike there was, "You don't want to have to put Jake Browning in and forfeit." And I don't know if he didn't hear it or just didn't care and agreed with me. 
He just answered it. He he wouldn't say, whoa, hold on a second. We're not going to forfeit if we have to play. So, in other words, if both of these people heard the question, they agree. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because you've been – I feel like you and Zim have a, a, a kindred spirit, you know, salt of the yeah. earth. I don't, know how, I don't know how much you – you guys don't drink the same drinks. You guys don't necessarily view the world the same way. But, like, a couple of old grizzled football guys. I like football coaches, too. Like, I like yeah. them because they're salty. And you know what? If you tell me to F off, I can handle that. Yeah, and Mike Zimmer can handle it for the most part, too. So you sort of being around Mike Zimmer at practice, training camp, first few weeks here, and uh, and after this first preseason game, what do you think he is the most anxious about? What do Because he, he has not been shy about openly expressing his disdain for Christian Derrissaw's injury, for his backup defensive players, um, I think like he's he's been very cantankerous, especially the last week, week and a half, basically ever since the quarterback room had uh, got knocked out for a week because of COVID, right? So what do you think he is the most cantankerous about right now? Okay, so this opens up Pandora's box, too, because I've seen this developing in the last few weeks, and, and I believe it to be ultimately true. And Remember, the most important thing is we are talking about a guy who knows that his job is on the line. Like, he didn't just get here. He knows. I think he knows short of everyone being hurt, he has to win. Uh, So the answer to your question is actually, and it was exploited on Saturday, I think it's it's not the lack of quality starters necessarily. It's the lack of quality guys that Rick Spielman has given him potentially behind his starters because this is football. And those guys are going to have to play. But I think he's also frustrated. And I, here's the thing we don't know. So Rick does the drafting. And and largely we've assumed that Mike has a big say because a lot of times they take cornerbacks. But when I asked, so a few weeks ago when Gladney got cut, I asked about, I said, I don't want to talk about like the process here because you're, you're not going to talk about that. But I do want to ask about when a first round pick washes out this quick. So like you just don't have him. You, you wake up one day and he's gone and that's a first round pick and Mike ended it. And Mike always, he's very purposeful. Like he always has a zinger at the ready. So like he is, he might not think it through a ton, but it comes to him quick. And what Mike, what Mike said was, yeah, you know what? And then he alluded to guys being hurt as well, which was a shot at Mike Hughes, not staying healthy. And then he said, and Rick, but Rick treats these things like gold. In other words, he must know what he's doing, even though it's apparent that he might not. I think he's anxious about the fact that if anybody gets hurt, there is a fundamental lack of depth that he trusted the GM to build for him. How's that? How could And how could there not be tension between Zimmer and Spielman, right? Mm-hmm. Like both of these guys, it's they've both been around for a long time. Everyone expects the team, and, and it, well, not only everyone expects the team to win and do something in the playoffs this year just based on where they're at in their cycle here. Kirk Cousins is this highly paid quarterback. But now there's some there's some leaks starting to spring in the Vikings boat here, and Mike Zimmer continues to point them out. Hell, he was ripping Britton Colquitt after the game on Saturday. Like he th- there was no player who played in that game that was out of sight for Mike Zimmer to rip in that postgame press conference. Correct. And so when he starts to take these little jabs at like, well, Rick knows what he's doing, or <laughs> Uh, he took a jab, I think, at the backup linebacker situation because once you get past Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, who, by the way, were both hurt for huge chunks of last season, mm-hmm. there's really nobody on the right. You could say, well, Nick Vigil's been around for a few years. Yeah, but like, you're not going to 
how would you feel if Nick Vigil was playing like 70 snaps a game for a month and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of feels like, listen, there's still a month before the season. Starter for starter, the Vikings beat the Broncos by 10 points in that game. So, like, if the Vikings stay healthy, the Vikings should win games, the Vikings should go to the playoffs, and the Vikings should have a chance to do something in the month of January. But the if they stay healthy part is such a tightrope for this team right now, it's unlikely that a team is going to stay healthy for 17 games. You're going to have ACLs. You're going to have guys miss a month and a half. Eric Kendricks last year in, in, in December, right? And so what happens once those guys start missing time? Inevitably, because this is National Football League football. Well, you saw, I mean, you saw a little sampling and preview of once you start to you know, scratch past the starting uh, roster, what that thing looks like against the Broncos on Saturday. And Mike Zimmer, you, that's where his angst is coming from, well, right? And, and he, he has several absolutely key guys unvaxxed. Which is and the concern again is not that they're going to get COVID. The concern is they're going to be exposed, and as soon as they're exposed, they're shut down for five days. But I, so, among the guys that sat on Saturday, if they watched the game from the sidelines, of course, and they weren't vaxxed, they had to wear a mask, right? And that's still Dalvin Cook, her cousins, Harrison Smith. So, I'm talking about if you're the coach and the pressure is on you to win, and now you've got fear of injury, which is always there, and fear of guys being shut down. And by the way, five-day increments in this league is a big deal. Like, it can cost you games. It costs you valuable time to learn and put in schemes. So I think the tension that Mike is feeling is because there are all these factors in his mind that he can't control at all. That includes the guys that Rick got him to a certain point, and that certainly includes the (laughs) unvaxxed important players who he, I'm sure, has thought, oh, my God, you know, Harrison Smith gets exposed September 10th. He can't play opening day. doesn't matter if he's sick or not. So give us, uh, Judd, <laughs> give us some of your, uh, from your overflowing bucket of observations from this game the other day here, give us some more of your preseason takeaways. If you want a full breakdown mm-hmm. the morning after the Broncos-Vikings, uh, you can check out. It's actually a, it's, it's on pace to be one of our most consumed episodes of, of purple daily in the last couple months so people are people are jonesing for backup and third string dissection of <laughs> minnesota vikings they're, they're smart football. these people are smart yeah. i love it they, they know what they're I, talking I the, about i love that football's back um so um judd's preseason takeaways here presented by federated federated insurance if you're looking for insurance risk management the vikings are walking a tightrope they don't really have risk management at quarterback or at linebacker uh, they're just kind of screwed if guys get hurt. But your business doesn't have to go down that path. Federated has been around for over 100 years, and they offer peace of mind, risk management tools and resources and people. Check them out at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I'm going to start with a positive takeaway, or, or at least one I perceive to be, and we saw it on Saturday, not by who played, but by who didn't play. 31 guys didn't play. There is an astronomical amount of jobs already secured and it, mm-hmm. and an incredible amount of starting jobs that that if there was competition, and in lots of cases there was not, it's done. Um, defense, the only competition that I legitimately see as far as starting, and this is not a roster spot competition. It's basically who starts September 12th against the Bengals. Weatherly or Wanham. 
and both of them played with uh, Daniil out on Saturday. Both of them played on Saturday. Um, my guess at this point is that is that Stephen Weatherly gets the start at right end on opening day. Wanham comes in behind him, and then they start a rotation of guys like Patrick Jones the third, who I believe was a third round pick. So that's the only competition that I see on defense. On offense, the offensive line's done, guys. Rashad Hill is going to start opening day at left tackle. Uh, unless they bring in a guard, Udo has won the right guard job, thank God, because certainly our guy, Dakota Dozier, who played, and we'll get to that, on Saturday can't play. Uh, but the only real competition that, that might exist eventually, and it's not there yet, would be, I think, third receiver, which is K.J. Osborne right now. D.D. Westbrook is still out and doing nothing aside from returning punts occasionally in practice because of the ACL injury he suffered with Jacksonville last year. So if Westbrook, if and when he comes back, he probably will challenge Osborne. But again, that's not for a roster spot. That's just for, for a job that could go both ways, and we don't know yet. But you think about that. Beyond that, running backs are set. Fullback is set. The first two tight ends are set, right? The top two receivers were set after last year. So there is a... The good news is this. Provided you have health. The good news is a lot of decisions have been made, and I do think while there are some question marks across the board, if guys remain healthy, you do have a nice nucleus of starters to count on. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think again, if you if you put those thirty one guys on the field, the conversation is entirely different here yes. Sunday into Monday. You're not looking at it as, oh my God, what what who are those guys that just got run over? But when you put now, Teddy Bridgewater and, and Drew Locke, despite being Declan's two favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, they aren't going to the Hall of Fame. They're not pro bowlers, but they are starting caliber NFL quarterbacks. You know, they're bottom third of the league, but, like, those are two of the 35 best quarterbacks in the world, 40, 35, 40. And so if you were to tell me before that game started, hey, the Vikings are going to be without 31, basically they're 31 best players, and they're going to put quarterbacks out there who've never played in the NFL before outside of outside of Jake Browning playing some snaps in preseason two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go up against some starters and two quarterbacks who have dozens of NFL starts in their careers. Of course the Vikings are going to get probably waxed in that game. So I'm trying to parse apart like right. how bad they got their asses kicked and the way that some of those players look. You bring up Dakota Dozier, though. That dude is an NFL veteran offensive lineman playing against backups and got trucked multiple times, got flagged for a holding call in the end zone for a safety and came up with one of the worst PFF grades of any player in the league at any position on Saturday. Yeah, this can't continue. Like, that move just what are they doing? today, make the move. It's unreal, dude. We're, we're less than a month from the season, and he is like one tweaked ankle in practice for Ole Udo away from starting in week one. No, no, yeah. Uh, so, so the cutdown, the first cutdown has to be made by 3 o'clock Central tomorrow, and it's going to go from 90 to 85 He's not going to make these. You think he's going to get cut? I the hope, first, the, he should. I the first. I don't know, dude. So the <laughs> so the the Vikings cut two guys or waived two guys on Sunday. They waived a backup long snapper who I don't yeah. think I saw, and they waived um, uh, a defensive end, Jordan Brailford, I believe. Okay, so you've got three more guys that have to be let go by three o'clock tomorrow. And I'm begging the Vikings. I'm begging them. I'm sitting here 
um, appealing to Spielman and Zimmer and Brzezinski and anyone who will listen to me, remove the temptation. The temptation is named Dakota Dozier. The removal is the only thing that will stop you people from playing him, and I don't know why. And here's the thing. But here's where it makes sense, and it's doable. It's workable, okay? Listen to me. Hear me out. Wyatt Davis got trucked initially in that game, but he played a lot. And his PFF grade was good. For for him was fine. It was yeah, he was he, he was great in the run, in the run blocking right. game too. Yeah. But there, but but my point is this: there's something to build off of there. Yeah, like put him on the second team today. I know you might be frustrated with his weight. I know that you might be frustrated just because Zim does not exactly like to play rookies. I get all of that. Okay, but start getting Wyatt Davis prepared to play. He's Ezra Cleveland 2.0. Don't make the same mistake that you made a year ago with. Four games of godforsaken Drew Samia being the worst-ranked offensive lineman in the entire league by PFF. Not the worst-ranked guard. Don't make the mistake. Get Wyatt Davis prepared to play as soon as possible. If that's not September 12th, okay. But let's not go through the song and dance. I don't think Ezra Cleveland played until like week six of last year. Let's not repeat the mistake. In classic me fashion, I'm getting hammered on social media from our Score North account for this morning. For I posted a graphic of of Dakota Dozier and Wyatt Davis. And I said, why is Dakota Dozier in line to start over Wyatt Davis? And I didn't mean that as the week one starter. I mean that as if he's one play away from starting over over Wyatt Davis. Correct. That's what I meant. And people are saying, what about Ole Udo? And, and by the way, if you're using Ole Udo as the excuse, I think you are missing the entire grand picture of what this offensive line is looking like. So it's, 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 been, it's been a disaster. Sounds like you might want to just take that down and tweak the wording. Maybe. But it's on Twitter, and I can't. I wish there was an edit button on Twitter. You can't do I mean, that. You could just, but I think I think people are getting tripped up on the word start, right? So you could say, why is Dakota Dozier above Wyatt <laughs> Davis on the depth chart? Right. Oh, can I? Continue? I think you're taking an unnecessary beating from people. Can I continue to, to clean out my notes, my notebook? Can I can I continue this exercise? <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, Judd's next note, whatever it may be, is presented by Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. Room, Dennis room. Kirk, Dennis Kirk Cousins. I wonder if I wonder if they've talked about a partnership. I don't, I don't know if I her cousins but, ride. Yeah, I wouldn't. I you wouldn't. think he rides? Um, I could see I could no. see Kirk in some uh, no some riding gear. No, the hair, the his hair blowing in the wind. No, no? okay. I don't think Kirk. Okay. Well, if you like to ride, Dennis Kirk has he covered one hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories in stock. And if you order by eight p.m., they ship the same day. And shipping is free for orders over eighty nine dollars. So when the open road calls, head to Dennis Kirk. Never say that Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, for that matter, don't dissect, don't (laughs) dissect the Vikings and football, because I'm going to give you a football-y football thing, boys, because we're going to special teams. We're going to punting right now. We're going to punting and we're going to do it. And here's why. Britton Colquitt had a bad year last year. The special team stunk. He took a pay cut to come back. So he's back. He had a terrible game. And by the way, go back through Zim's comments. Of course, the only starter who was out there who he criticized was Britton Colquitt because the rest of these guys were backup slappies. So he criticized, and rightfully so, Colquitt. Now, you might say to the ordinary coach, okay, you know, he's going to calm down. He's going to go home and have a glass of wine. And yeah, they're going to show up tomorrow. And Britton Colquitt, he's going to say, I'm sorry, I was so mad at you. Just punt better against the Colts our next preseason game. But this is Zim, right? Don't do it, Zim. Don't do it. 
Mike Zimmer sounded like a guy to me who had basically made up his mind on Britton Colquitt, and he's tired of the bad punts, and he's tired of what he's seen, and I am going to be surprised if on opening day of of the regular season, Britton Colquitt is on this team, and now I'm going to tell you why I would caution Mike and be like, okay, Mike, 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 think about this. Think about this. Mike, 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 be smart. Here's the problem. If you guys remember, Britton Colquitt was brought in partially when he was brought in, which was training camp a few years back, because there was a holder problem. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up. Okay, I don't this, know if Zimmer thinks about. It. No, I know, but I well, think he just thinks, okay, oh, this this guy shanked a couple of that, punts. Phil? Let's get him off the roster. Yes. It's like, I would th- listen. I'm not gonna die on the hill for Britton Colquitt because no, I don't think he's the either. key to the Vikings' success this year. There's probably plenty of guys that can average 45 yards a punt and whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, if if you've already gone through this process with an inexperienced kicker and you feel like Greg Joseph's comfortable, okay, made a made a couple kicks, albeit short. Let's not mess anything up here. Don't overreact to a couple bad punts. How about your offense just scores 30 points and you don't have to punt very often, and uh, Colquitt's job is mostly as a holder as opposed to a punter? Don't overreact is what I would encourage from Mike Zimmer here. And, Phil, what has our friend Longwell told us time and time again? That three-person team, long snapper, holder, kicker, incredibly important that they're in sync. So, like, when you go flying off the handle, my long snapper sucks, I'm getting a new one, bad things can happen. So, yeah. yes, I, I wouldn't <laughs> die on the hill for Colquitt, but I, I would caution Mike to keep in mind that going off the hook and just deciding, screw this guy, might be a problem. Yeah. By the way, uh, on-air production meeting here, I was going through some of the at replies. Uh, I I see what Declan was going for on that tweet from the Scornarth <laughs> account, but people are definitely interpreting it as, don't you guys know that Oli Udo is the starter? So I just, I, I'm going to save you the, the banging your head against the wall the rest of the day. I just, I deleted it, and we can maybe repost something with some rephrasing. Okay. I'm, I'm all for something related to Dakota Dozier, and why is he still yeah. anywhere near this football field right now, though? I feel you. I, at least on Facebook, I did change it. It is ahead of him on the depth chart. So I, I, there you go. I, I, I wish again, <laughs> just one time edit button Jack, on Twitter. We need an edit Please. button. Jack, just come once. On, Jack, Jack's busy, man. Jack's got a lot come of on, different Jack. problems that Help don't involve out. Score North or the Vikings. My job's okay? dependent on it. Jack's, Jack's got some problems in politics way, and Jack, government. Jack took away my my uh, yeah. verified blue check mark like a month ago. I don't know. It yeah. just I got an email from Twitter and it said like you. Uh, you no longer meet the the requirements for being a verified what are member they? of Twitter. So did it explain what they know. are? Didn't say what it was. I don't know. Maybe too much uh, too much fake news. I guess mm. coming out of my account. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Anyways, Judd, you got another takeaway before we get to statements? <laughs> yeah, I got one more. Um, and yeah. it, it's not going to involve the QBs. I've got a takeaway on Cameron Dantzler. Okay, Cameron Dantzler was not solely at fault for the um, long touchdown pass to the little guy. The little kid. The little kid. kid. K.J. Hamler of the Broncos. (laughs) But he certainly was part of of the problem. The safeties didn't give him the the help that they were supposed to, but he also got burned. Um, I need to see more progress here from from him. Now, there are some people who are incredibly down on him. I saw a couple tweets of he should be cut. He's not being cut. He's a third-round pick. He's not being cut. Gladney is gone. He's not being cut. Okay, Rick is not going to be like, oh, let's cut him too. Um, Bashad Breland's going to start. I don't know how good Bashad Breland is going to be. I will say this. If you look up the statistics from the last few years, Patrick Peterson 
and Bashad Breeland tend to take a lot of penalties, which is going to drive Zim crazy. My point being is Cameron Dantzler needs to be prepared to play. A Cameron Dantzler doesn't necessarily consistently in camp look like he is prepared to move back into a starting role. He played in 11 games last year. He started 10. Cameron Dantzler needs to pick it up. He's not being is caught. He, is, he shouldn't is be he caught. Is he taking this hard? Like, is he can't tell. Is his is his reaction to basically being bumped because of these veteran signings to it just sort be. of? It might be, but you know what? I mean, you're still a young kid. You're you were actually asked to do way too much last year. To me, this is ideal. Like, yeah. work yourself in. He's going to play. It's not like he's not going to get snaps. Um, but he is he's too important to what they're ultimately probably going to do because a cornerback is going to get hurt. Like, something's going to happen, and he's going to be the next guy up. I need to see more from him. I don't need to threaten him. I don't need to say he should be cut. But he's he's too important of reserve to be like, oh, that's fine. That's not fine. Let, let me ask you this. All right, just a fun little hypothetical. Go back in uh, retrospect. So the Vikings do have some cap space left here. They've they just they continue to carve cap space out, sort of as the year uh, the off season went along. So they have some cap space. If you could go back right now, Patrick Peterson's making ten million dollars. I think right, yes. ten million dollars this think, year. I think with bonuses, yeah. Would you? Swap out Patrick Peterson for Joe Tooney, the uh, the the top free agent. Oh yeah, oh, offensive guard. Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think about that. Take away Patrick yeah. Peterson's ten million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Tooney's contract is, and I don't know. I'd have to go look and see like what the annual cap hits are, but it's it's a multi year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. and it's for like sixteen or seventeen million dollars a year or something. Which at the time of free agency, the Vikings were like twelve million over the cap, had to carve out. They didn't have enough money to really get in that mix. And maybe Tooney wanted to play for a team that could have a better chance to win a Super Bowl, which I think everyone would agree the Chiefs do have a better chance. But yep. is that not enough? Like, that's what I wonder. It's like I know that the Vikings, they're reacting to the five touchdowns that Alvin Kamara scored, and they're reacting to, you know, just like their defense was a disaster last year. But ultimately, I think the thing that's going to wind up biting them the most is the offensive line again. So... I, I guess what I'm saying is I could live with Cam Dantzler as a starter opposite Bashad Breeland and just sort of cross my fingers a little bit if I knew that my offensive line was completely solidified for right. Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, et cetera. But I think Peterson's base, I believe his base salary is like seven or eight. And the problem there is, is because you couldn't compete necessarily with the cap-rich teams at the start of right. the free agent period, you then could pick up guys late. But, I mean... Peterson, keep in mind, too, coming off last year and I think the last two years with the Cardinals is a wild card. Like, we're not sure there. We think he's got a big name, and and he certainly has a chance playing for a really good defensive head coach to turn things around, but that's not a given. They, the Vikings' inability to compete for multiple players at the start of the free agent period wasn't was and will continue to be no matter what you try and tell me an issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because Thu- Thuni solidifies the day that you get get him, he solidifies your entire line. He gives you he gives you substance inside. Like mm-hmm. right there. It helps Bradbury, it helps the left tackle, it helps everybody. I also it's funny because I keep hearing huge chunks of Vikings Twitter, Bloggerville, etc. I keep hearing well, I mean, what do you want them to do? They they used 
they used blue chip draft capital to fix the offensive line. That was what they chose to do. They chose to fix the defense and free agency and the offensive line through the draft, which I would say two things. Number one, well, you're kind of crossing your fingers that rookie offensive linemen, Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis, or inexperienced Ole Udo, right, who was a draft pick a couple years ago, you're, you're, you're banking on like inexperienced guys coming into a win-now season and just playing at their peak or close to it, right? Right. But you're also banking on a franchise notoriously terrible at developing and maximizing young <laughs> offensive linemen and just like immediately bucking 10 years of that trend. And I, th- I go back to the conversation that Judd and I had years ago with Derek Falvey when Falvey and Levine were new with the Twins. And, um, and Falvey referenced a discussion with Theo Epstein, who he had built a relationship with. And Theo Epstein came to Falvey one time and said, honestly, man, like, as much accolades as I get for building, you know, World Series teams, Boston and, and Chicago, I just, like, don't have a great feel for developing pitching. And so, A, I would take some advice from Cleveland. But, B, I tend to just trade assets for established pitchers because we're not good at it. Like, we'd rather trade for, you know, David Price or whatever than, like, try to develop our own. And that's the advice I would give the Vikings at this point. You know, going forward, if if Rick Spielman is indeed the GM going forward after 2021, you're not good at developing offensive linemen. And so use your use either your money or your draft picks to acquire already established offensive linemen and go forward that way. So I just think you're putting a ton of eggs in the basket of develop young offensive linemen and hope that you know they can peak in 2021. We'll and, see. and Zim is is clearly livid about Derisaw and this entire thing. So he he had the the I believe it's in air quotes minor core muscle procedure done last week because we all know a core muscle tweak we just go in there and just do a little bit of minor surgery, um, and everyone everyone like off the record was like oh it's up could be ready by opening day you guys don't understand don't worry about it don't worry and Mike playing opening day and Mike yeah, we practice in a month and Mike was asked late the day that that report came out he was asked about it and Mike specifically said I was told he was fine he was going to be ready we fixed this in January nothing short of this is BS that I was sold a bill of goods and and that is one where it's very clear he is saying he had the surgery in January, and all my people, including my GM, said it's fine. And now I've got Rashad Hill. God bless him. <laughs> now I've got Rashad Hill protecting my my quarterback's blindside, my not mobile quarterback's blindside. So, again, th- this is where I like Mike because there's so many tells there. And he's he's ticked, and if he's ticked, he's telling you what – you should think, which is, yeah. what are you guys doing? Like, what? Like, this is not good. Yeah. So those are Judd's preseason takeaways covering that game, covering training camp. By the way, by, by the, way, the way, you can find all <laughs> sorts of new video content on the Score North TikTok channel. Oh, yeah. We have dove into the world of TikTok aggressively the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Judd has already hit a couple of viral home runs with his videography. And uh, we're almost to a thousand followers, almost to a thousand followers. So hit us up on TikTok. Love the TikTok. If you partake. Love the TikTok. The TikTok. Judd, Judd texted me the other day. He's I'm not like, addicted. What's the deal with TikTok? Is it just a bunch of like borderline like college age women doing dances wearing no. almost nothing? Like that's like half of TikTok. The comedy. And the other half is like. 
think oh, I noticed that too. I'm like, I'm scrolling through my feed, like the first time going through TikTok. I'm like, why is it like, is this what's happening right now? Honest yeah. conversation. Is this with, legal with the Score North TikTok exactly. account? Uh, so obviously, I have two accounts now on LinkedIn on my TikTok. I have my TikTok, which I just use to scroll aimlessly and finding those ridiculous videos, and I have the Score one. But my friends obviously send me TikToks of the most randomest things. It could be what you're referring to. It could be something goofy. And I have clearly kind of skewed the Score North homepage algorithm because now I'm getting a bunch of Declan things on the Score North account because I opened <laughs> I opened a tweet or a text from a from someone who sends me a TikTok and it goes to Score North because I'm defaulted on that one. So yeah. kind of a this funny situation. With, this happens with Declan and I on the Purple Daily YouTube. and Score North YouTube accounts. And that, like, now the algorithm just serves golf swing fix videos and, like, old 90s wrestling clips. Correct. It's just, like, yeah. scrolling through. It's all <laughs> That's our fault. So, anyhow, welcome mm-hmm. in. Statements here on this Monday as well. And, uh, boys, I, I, we didn't really discuss uh, what we all have for statements. I definitely have something Wolves-related. Where do you guys want to start? I'll leave it up to Judd. Where do you want to start? With sta- I, have a, I have a great slash terrifying travel story to tell you in statements. I would today, like to we'll start. With um with a Declan Vikings statement because we, the, I... the one person that we have not heard yet from on the purple is Declan Goff. Okay, I have one. I have one. My opening statement is I told you so. My opening statement is I told you so. Okay, was it three weeks ago? Two three weeks ago on this Monday statement, I came on the show and I set the complete panic alarm and spread wildfire on this Vikings team, and now I know. That preseason week one had, like, what, 38 starters out or whatever the hell it was. It was, it was exclusively backups. Yep, 30-plus players. I, I I don't know how you walk away from that game, even with all those backups playing and playing so poorly, and still say, ah, everything's going to be fine. I think this Viking season is trending in a terrifying hurricane of crap, and I'm, I'm going to brag that I told you so. And yes, I some of my convictions were a little off base. I know I went off on the defense, but I told you so. And I wrote that down. This Vikings team is going to go off the rails. Now, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, you're talking about two very good quarterbacks there carving up the Vikings. So I, I do want to throw that jab in as well. But I, I'm going to say with my opening statement is, I told you so. So thank you, Jeff. All right. I, first of all, this is way premature. And, and I, I'm, here, I'm here acknowledging the red flags and the alarms along with you guys as well. I think you guys are much quicker in football and maybe even in life to just be alarmist and say, oh, yep. my God, the house is on fire. Yes. And I'm I'm still sitting over here, meditating, thinking, observing, and saying there's a month before the regular season, and like Declan said, 31 starters are yeah. out of that game. So yes. I'm not quite toward where Declan is, which is I'm not. Not De- only is Declan panicking, he's already doing a victory lap, saying yeah. that he has won. He's won. Like we haven't even. We're a month from the season. Declan's already doing the I told you so victory lap. I am amazing. not to be very clear on Team Declan here. I'm not with him on on this. You sat look. The backups were terrible, but here, but here's my thing. I think it's a positive. You saw what you saw, what you needed to see, and yeah, hit that waiver wire, and baby. Guess yep. what? You that did. waiver wire. You didn't get starters hurt, and guess what? Last year proved something. I don't think starters need to play exhibition games. They they stepped right in. Look, mm-hmm. the first month plus of football is not great. Like, it's okay, but it's not great. And it develops. But the preseason does not really sharpen good players. It just takes time. So I actually like what they did. It proved who could play. It proved who couldn't play. It sounds an important alarm, 
but it's a secondary alarm. It's not the first. It's not the first because the first was guys standing and watching on the sidelines. Yeah. So on the waiver wire, because that's Mike Zimmer basically said it without saying it that, you know, hey, we ran a lot of these guys out, chance to, to solidify backup jobs, and some of them did. Some of them didn't. So I think he said specifically some of them proved us right. Some of them proved us wrong. Yes. That yeah. they can handle playing in an NFL football game. He's honest. And so you might think, well, okay, so how is the waiver wire going to help you? Like, why would you just want, like, other other teams' garbage players that couldn't make the roster as well? Well, that's the weird thing about the NFL. Sometimes there's just going to be, like, nine or ten fairly established players that just get cut. Yeah. It happens all the time in yeah. the NFL. So there, there will be two or three guys, and the Vikings have left themselves a little cap space, maybe anticipating some of this, right? They may be looking around saying, well, we're definitely not going to want uh, Nick Vigil as our third <laughs> linebacker, and so let's save a few million dollars in cap space in case someone comes off the books and we need to make a move. So I, I do think they can improve this thing through the waiver wire. But one last point, 31 starters out makes such a huge difference, like I said earlier in the show, of how we feel today and yesterday. So um, I am not nearly where Declan's at yet. I am acknowledging there are things to be <laughs> I told looking you this. sideways at, but we're not there yet. I said this. The score, to me, does not matter. Some of the performances do. It's that simple. Okay. But, I mean, it's a it, that is as close to what we see in a spring training game as you could possibly get. And we don't panic about those. I mean, you do sometimes. Let's you, you do sometimes. You've about spring training games? About, you've definitely panicked about spring training before. Individuals yeah. sometimes, maybe? I don't think I've, I've ever panicked about, about a final score. What about panic about a final score? You guys are labeling me, damn it. I love that's a lot. That's not fair. All right, Judd, your first statement. Oh, boy. Very upset. Um, all right. I'm going to keep it on Vikings because you can't go wrong when you keep it on Vikings. Mm-hmm. Jake Browning, among the things that I am going to panic about, Jake Browning cannot be the backup quarterback on this team. He simply put, cannot run a game well enough. And he's been on practice squad for two years, okay? He didn't play in a game last year ever. Um, I know that Kirk Cousins has started every game except for one, and he was held out since he became the starter for the Washington football team in 2015. He's not vaxxed. That's a concern. But I need a quarterback. I don't need him to be great. I don't need him to be, oh, my God, this guy should start now. But I need a quarterback who can run a game. And Jake Browning, with the second team, yes, but it's still important, looked at times like that assignment was too tall for him. And I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying it was a valuable thing to learn. And I think what's what, – what, that'll oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I'm, what, I think – Yeah. What's, what's weird about that – point though is and I don't I need to see two more games we're going to see a lot more Jake Browning in the second and third preseason games so I will have more of a fully formed opinion after those games but Mike Zimmer raves about his leadership his ability he's a get it done guy quote unquote right you guys did an episode on that yes late last week I mean it was a it was an indirect shot at Kirk Cousins correct you have never once heard Mike Zimmer say those things about Kirk Cousins have you ever heard him praise Kirk's leadership or say he's a get-it-done guy and referring also to the two-minute drill, right? right? Never. Never have those words come out of Mike Zimmer's mouth about Kirk. Has he ever said anything overly complimentary about Kirk in three and a half years? He, avo- no. he avoids talking about him at all costs if he can. Yep, which should tell you something. And so on the flip side, he's and he doesn't, he doesn't dole out praise for quarterbacks, period. When Case Keenum was having this historic season, right, like, <laughs> He, he basically found a way to 
yeah, but Case Keenum almost every single game. Yeah, but we can't be taking risks, right? Sure. Um, and then he would talk sometimes about his toughness and his leadership, but he loves Jake Browning's toughness, leadership, get-it-done ability. And so wouldn't you think those things would translate to, at a bare minimum, being able to lead and run the offense? And what, and then and then if he makes mistakes, it's because the game is too fast or you know maybe he doesn't have the arm talent or something. Yeah. I just, I, I just think... I'm not saying he's a starting quarterback caliber guy, but I just I think there's more to be seen in the second and third preseason game before I'm ready to write him off like you are. I think you have to be very concerned because th- this team is too good, in my opinion, to have to plug in Browning. And because of Kirk's situation going into this year, I think that there's a chance that's going to happen. And I will say, I believe 90% of what believe. Zimmer has said about Browning is based on taking shots at Kirk. I, th- I think it's 10% <laughs> praise and 90%. He's, he's, he's using Jake Browning yes. as like a surrogate. Mike, Mike <laughs> is, guys, Mike is great at this. Like Mike has a goal. Mike thinks, Mike, if you don't do what Mike wants, Mike's going to get you. Um, I Yes, I believe Jake Browning is, is the poster child for Mike to say, I don't even know if I like this guy, but he's not Kirk, so I'm going to like him. He's and like Jake Browning is the is the yeah. Trojan horse that Mike Zimmer is riding in yes. on to just blow yes, torch. Mike has Kirk done Cousins. this before. <laughs> we've Freddy seen Krueger. it. He's Fre- I'm gonna get you. He's literally he's Freddy Krueger gonna come to get. He's Kirk. done it before, you guys. We've seen it before. <laughs> Look, the simple thing is, Kirk Cousins is putting, in Mike's opinion, and he might be right, is putting Zimmer's job in jeopardy, and he's putting the entire team in jeopardy. And he is, you know, one of, if not the most important player on the team. And Mike is not going to let that go without some vengeance coming Kirk's way. Yeah, all right, that's fair enough. Um, I just want to check, do you guys have any more Vikings statements or takes you want to get off your chest, or can I be self-serving with a Timberwolves Summer League statement? Yeah, I think be, be, be self-serving here. Be okay. self-serving. Judd? Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. I got purple. Go all right, yeah. So if, if you're like me and you need, a, like Judd wakes up in the morning, he either needs a Diet Coke or a coffee. Uh, Declan, you're, you're a coffee drinker, Big coffee guy. Yep, big coffee guy. Yep, so you guys, well, I'm not a coffee guy. I'm a Wolves Kool-Aid guy, all mm. right? When I wake up in the morning, I take out my flask of Wolves Kool-Aid, take a couple <laughs> little sips. <sighs> Gets me started for the day. And uh, that's what I did this morning, boys. I didn't see the game yesterday, but I caught up on the highlights. <laughs> and here's my statement. The Wolves Summer League team is offering some real hope for this roster. Did you see Declan's guy, Jaden McDaniels, grabs the rebound, seven seconds left, down by three to the vaunted Philadelphia 76ers Summer League team. Coast to coast, calls bank on a Sunday, and ties the game, sends it to overtime, and the Wolves win 4-0 in Summer League. You got Jalen Noel averaging 22 points a game. He's been one of the... Best offensive players at Summer League so far. Um, and then, by the way, even to cap it off, you want the team to be you know, a bunch of good, nice guys. To write Jaden McDaniels after the game was over. He's interviewed by WNBA, former WNBA uh, legend. Monica McNutt is the po- is the sideline reporter. And Renee, Renee Montgomery, friend of the show, yep. from a few years ago, is doing color commentary. <laughs> She's awesome on color commentary. She's okay? really she good, good, but I love friend of the show. That was like four or five years ago. Hey, we old, launched we launched her media career. Old, old friend <laughs> of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so after after the game oh. is over, you know, Jay McGowan gets done with the interview and and he says, Thank you. Have a nice day. Not in like a sarcastic way, but he like he tells the women, have a nice day and like waves to them and walks away. Like 
I mean, how can you not have optimism and hope for the Wolves after watching the 4-0 start to Summer League? I'm in. I think you went through the same thing two years ago. The Wolves played really well. And no, 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 no. I don't think we I don't think we we had Summer League last year, but I think two years ago they played really well and Phil basically was like, This is exciting. Listen, all right, I don't remember what I said two years ago. I'm on to the next take always here. Oh, my God. Eyes are forward here on Uh, Matt. All eyes forward. All eyes forward. You know what? I don't care. I don't care if the Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, and that Pacers team that went in to to the stands at at the Palace. And by the way, that that, uh, doc on that. On Netflix, yeah, Mouse in the Palace is fantastic. Good. I need to watch. I haven't it. watched it's really, it yet. really yeah, good. But anyway, I don't care if these guys go into the stands; just win some damn basketball games. Wait, wait, are you? Wait, you can go beat are up you fans. Enc- are you? You're encouraging the wolves to fight the fans. I'm saying, if you want to fight the fans, that's fine. Fight the fans; just win some damn basketball games. That's all I want. Oh, you don't care if they're nice guys. I don't care if they're nice. Yeah, I don't care if they're nice guys. But what I'm saying is, is if, um, you know. Jaden McDaniels wants to go beat up a fan. I don't give a crap. Just no, win, win no, basketball no, 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 no. Why are you like? Why are you yeah, putting what? that into the atmosphere yeah. right now? Why? Why, why are you? Because I watched the documentary. Because I, because I watched it. It's really good. It's really interesting. I'm God. I'm intrigued by old school NBA. Oh my goodness! There is, by the way, a great Q and A. If you want, like, super in depth, five thousand words in the weeds Q and A with uh, Chris Finch, Timberwolves coach, Britt Robson. Mm-hmm. Athletic today, you can check it out. It's like, I mean, it's like full on what he wants to do offensively, his defensive philosophies. Basically, my main takeaway from that Q and A was Chris Finch has stripped away almost all of the play calls that they were running under Ryan Saunders and saying we just set up specific like framework and then we want our guys to react to what's happening on the court. And some of the guys initially were like, well, what do we do without, like, four different set calls within a play? He's like, well, figure it out. Read the defense. And so I kind of like that. I like that he's trying to create some free-flowing. It's uh, this is I shouldn't put this in the same sentence, but that's what Phil Jackson's coaching style was, too. Oh, it was triangle. Yeah, you just did, though. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have done that. So who's Pippen? <laughs> who's Jordan? I'll just stop. Yeah. Who's Rodman? I want Rodman. I'll stop. He'll right beat now. you up, too. <laughs> And win basketball games. You know what? If you guys don't respect my basketball takes, maybe you'll respect my golf takes. PXG Minneapolis. <laughs> okay, now we're on the right track. Is a golfer's paradise, and you can check out the new Gen 4 clubs, drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons. These are PXG's flagship clubs. You still have several months left. I always think golf season in Minnesota runs all the way through early December if you can find the right uh, yep. courses. It's great. There's nothing like golfing, uh, like 33 degrees, just slightly above freezing. Nobody else is around. Um, so if you want if you want the best performing clubs, you want to look sharp, PXG Minneapolis, Southdale Center, check them out at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, back to deck one. All right, my next one's a wild statement. And by the way, the Wild just by tweeted out, the by the way, the Minnesota Wild team account just tweeted out eyeball emojis and nothing else. Eyeball is that emojis. The Fial- is that the Fiali? And I Fiala? hope it's not because it, it is. that would be lame if it, it's that. I've got... I've got thoughts I'm not going to okay. give them. Okay. Well, I'll just say this about my statement as we monitor maybe Jack Eichel watch because that's where my mind is going. Anyway. It, it'd be um, Kaprizov. If, if that it's would really be it. good news, it's Kaprizov. There it's it not is. Jack Eichel. That's my statement. Please go take care of Kaprizov because earlier this morning, the Minnesota Wild were able to come to terms with Kevin Fiala, yep. a one-year, $5.1 million contract for next season. So they were going to go to arbitration tomorrow. 
Uh, Fiala's camp, I believe, put out 6.2. Wild, uh, judge showing his wild oven mitt, which I use all the time. I love my wild oven mitt. I got that four or five years ago, too. It's a great oven mitt. It's a phenomenal oven mitt. Uh, I believe the team for, that went with like 4.6. So they have settled on a one-year, $5.1 million deal with Fiala. That's great. Fiala's taken care of. We all knew he was going to be under contract because they were going to go to arbitration. Now it's time to go take care of Kirill Kaprizov and this contract dilemma. I know he wants hard this three-year deal, but for God's sakes, just Bill Guerin meet somewhere in the middle. Let's take care of this issue. You still have like $14 million in cap space or whatever it is. Yep. So please go take care of Kirill Kaprizov. This Fiala situation, they're going to have to deal with this again next summer because he'll be an RFA. And if he has another season like he did, Kevin's going to ask for the moon again. And I'm curious how the Wild will still figure out a way to pay him. But regardless, in the short term, Fiala's taken care of. Now, please go take care of Kirill Kaprizov. Absolutely. Yeah, Bally Sports North retweeted the Wild's eyeball emojis with three additional eyeball emojis. I think maybe we need to step in here with the Score North account and, and put at least five. Five? No. Five or maybe six. No. Actually, I can do that. Re- retweet them okay. with, with a question. When's the Eichel press conference? Because that's going to confuse people then, and they're, they're, they're going to be like, oh, no, no, it's not Eichel. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know what? You want to play this game? We'll play this game. You eyeball emoji you like eyeball a emoji account. Game? We're going we'll Eichel. We're assuming Eichel, and then you're going to have to tell us it's not Eichel. Should, should, Let's all grow up here before we do the eyeball emoji. Should, should I do it? Should I hit send from score account? Should I do this? Yes. What, what's the tweet? What's the tweet? When's the Eichel press conference? It's, I like it. Let's do it. It causes confusion. It's great. Because you know what? <laughs> We here at Score North and Sportsnet in particular, all about teaching lessons. All right, there you go. We're all about teaching I lessons. Love, there you go. I love Judd. This is what you're getting here is you're getting a sort of a whiff uh, in a good way of Judd's beat writer Spidey Sense and his tactics of smoke them out. Yep. You got to smoke them out. Big smoke them out guy. Yeah, feels hey, exactly if not, right. If, if, if they're not going to tell you, then you need to start. You need to start making some educated guesses and assumptions, and get them to get yep. them to. There we go. And then teams are like, "No, that's not, not what we meant." And so, like, well, that. Oh, you, then what yeah, did you mean? Yeah, yeah. So tell us what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I love that's it. very good, Phil. That's exactly what I'm doing. I love smoking teams out because teams always lose because they can't afford to to be, to be like bleep you. Then they're like, "Oh, well, we really can't. No, but we can't talk about that. Well, then you shouldn't have put the eyeball emojis out." Let's do one more statement from Judd, and I'll give you. I'll okay. give you my. Okay. I have back to back weeks with travel Beautiful. stories. Beautiful, can't wait. This All one's, right, this one's going to be even juicy. Here's my final statement for this uh, Monday: the celebration of the '91 Twins World Series title this weekend, while fun, was also really sad. Since 1991, the Wolves, the Wild slash North Stars, the Vikings and Twins have represented. Minnesota in zero championship series. So not only have they not won a championship, because the North Stars went to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, in the spring of 91, and then the Twins obviously won the World Series in the fall of that same year. Not only have they not won titles, but the four men's teams that we follow the closest in the state haven't even been to a championship series slash Super Bowl. That's just sad. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of people... Who I talked to at uh, Target Field on Sunday, who either weren't born or have no recollection of that team in '91, mm-hmm. no recollection. Um, I feel for you. Like that's not fair to you. Mm-hmm. You deserve better. I'm doing some number crunching here too, real quick here. So since 1991, 
The Twins have one playoff series win. So I know there's been some regular season success, and they've won some divisions, and they definitely had a run of like almost 10 years or so, 10 years of mostly good baseball. We'll say 2001 through 2010, right? And then they've popped up a little bit a couple times under Falvey and Levine. But if my math is right, if you go to the playoff game record, so what is their record in playoff games since 1991? Well, they didn't play in a playoff game for the first 10 years. Of that stretch. I believe they have six playoff game wins. So the three against Oakland in 2002, mm-hmm. and then they won one game against the Angels. Yeah, they, they beat won the game Yankees. One. Yep, they beat the Yankees once in 03, and they oh, beat the Yankees once in 04, and they haven't won a playoff game since then. So that's six wins. I should have done this math. It's um, this good. So, so hold on. So four, let's count the losses here. Mm-hmm. So. Two losses against the A's in 2002, followed by four losses to the Angels. To the Angels, so that would be what six right there. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. and then three losses to the Yankees in 03. Nine. Three more in 04. Twelve. Three to the A's in 06. Three more to the mm-hmm. Yankees in 09. Three more to the mm-hmm. Yankees in 2010. Mm-hmm. Then I think one they waited until the, then the the wild card game. So there's one 17, in 2017. So 22. So one more loss there, and then and then th- three to two to the three to the Yankees. Yep, three 20, to the Yankees got 25. swept, and then two to the Astros. <laughs> okay, so five twenty-seven. So twenty-seven then. Look at you. So six, I'll double check. Yeah, yeah, we need a we need a fact checker. We need an AP fact checker around that. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Good job. He, uh, so six six in twenty-seven in the playoffs since nineteen ninety-one. Yep. And the Wilds what? Uh, let's not do that one. No, but but, but my point is, <laughs> my point is, you kids I know deserve that. better. Sports Dad is telling you, you deserve more than this. And that's the whole mission of this. I mean, on, on Purple Daily, it's we want the Vikings to win the Super Bowl before we all die. Mm-hmm. Here we, we, sh- we shorten the mission here. We talk about all Minnesota sports on Mackie and Judd. And we want titles. You yes. want titles. Playoff runs and titles. And so, like, you guys are so negative. No, I think the rest of the media has become so coddling and positive by and large. Not every single media member, but like, you know, God bless Sid Hartman, Sid Hartman. Um, I'm not going to sit here and name a bunch of names, but like we are realistic and we demand a little bit more, I think, <laughs> than the average Minnesota media member. And it's like, you guys are so negative. What do you mean? We want championships. Our, That's not negative. That's the most positive thing you can possibly say. Viewers and listeners deserve this. But like a hundred percent. I'm going to say so, something that's really, really sad right now, but you wouldn't believe what a World Series parade is like. Dude, I've been to two. I'm gonna get so hammered at that. But they're, I'm just, but, I'm just but I mean, right they now. closed down 94. They go from Minneapolis Dude. to the Capitol. I'm like you wouldn't out. believe. You wouldn't. Be, I can't even articulate. And I don't even know for the Vikings, for instance. But I'm just mm-hmm. telling you, I've seen two for the Twins. Like it's not like uh, oh, this is a fun little parade. This is serious stuff. Yeah. So anyway, you deserve yeah, this. I like it. I like it. All right, boys. You want a travel nightmare yes. story here? God, okay. I can't wait. Let's hear it. So I'll give. I'll, we can. Yeah, we can rip the music. But I'll give you a statement <laughs> to start out with, which is always double check the itinerary. Okay. okay. So <laughs> we've all had. I'm sure you you guys have had. There's just sometimes things go wrong when you travel. And mm-hmm. um, last week we talked about. Right before the plane was about to take off, the guy in the middle seat asks me, like, all the cubbies are closed. We're all ready to rock and roll. It's like last minute he wants me to change seats. That was more of a dilemma. Like, he wanted me to move up three rows so he could swap with his friend or whatever. This was more, 
multiple things happening and us just like fending off the universe, some of it self-inflicted. And so let's start with, so I, I went just a, a four-day amazing trip out to the Rocky Mountains, Estes Park last week, try to get one good refreshing reset vacation in before the fall football season where we all just dive in. We're, we're all in. Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd, it's a blast, right? So this was the reset, refresh, just relax, drink a bunch of seltzers, drink a bunch of surleys, and go hike around in the mountains. We went whitewater rafting. Like, it was one of those trips, just a blast with some family. So um, we, uh, we were kind of in a rush to book a last-minute car rental. We initially had a shuttle set up to go from the Denver airport to Estes Park. But then uh, the family that was out there said, hey, actually, the, the SUV that we rented, we were going to shuttle out, and then we had a big SUV. We were just going to all use the same car. They got a smaller SUV than they were told, so they said, you guys might want to rent a car so we just have some space. We, all right, so thankfully, there were cars available, which, by the way, if anyone's been traveling the last year or so, car rental companies are selling off their inventory. So it's either, A, impossible to get a rent-a-car last right. minute, or it's, like, ridiculous. It's, like, 300 bucks a day or something. So, mm. you know, we found something, and I remember, and I, I'm not going to throw this all on my amazing wife because I also was involved, oh, but, like, I said, hey, let's – Go, let, let, we're kind of in a tizzy here. Let's book something last minute. We're working last week. And uh, in our mind, it was Hertz. We, book, we booked Hertz, yep. which is an amazing. And I'm not going to name the other companies that are not going to be reflected well in this story. But Hertz is well known. And, and so we had it in our minds that we booked a Hertz rental car in our tizzy to book a last minute rental car. All right. So uh, the flight's great. We get into Denver. And uh, we we take the shuttle over to the Hertz rental car center. And, of course, inevitably, there's just a line out the door, right? So even like, hey, Jonna, you jump off the shuttle, run, get get in line, I'll grab all the bags, and then I'll come meet you, right? Even with that strategy, it was like, so we're sitting there at Hertz, and this line is just crawling. And it's crawling. And our initial plan was we're going to go stop in Boulder for an hour and get some food and explore and then go over to Estes Park. It'll be great. Well clock's ticking it's like we're not gonna have time for boulder now this is ridiculous we're it's, so in line for over an hour at the rental oh. car place okay oh. that's the only bad thing i'll say about hertz in this because if first of all if hertz wants to sponsor mackie and judd all the board all right to. yeah so the line was a little bit of a problem but great facility great bus everything was great and uh, the people who are gold members i'm sure had a great time so we get to the front and they're uh, they're having trouble locating our reservation What's uh, uh? What's the name again? What's uh? Oh, it's uh, not in the system. Can you say it again? Uh, so it was like for kind of a five minute back and forth dance. Uh, we just don't have your name in the system. Can I see your confirmation code? Yeah, here it is. It's right here. She goes, oh, that's not what our confirmation codes look like. Ours start with this letter. Yours has this letter. Oh, it looks like it looks like you guys actually rented through. Let's call them uh, shady car rental company. Okay, that's a. The, Shady Car Rental Company is going to be the new car rental company that I refer to the rest of this story. Okay. And we were like, oh, my God. Like, like most, like, boneheaded oversight, self-inflicted oh, thing God. ever. We, th- we had thought we clicked on a Hertz reservation, and instead we clicked on X. Through our sorting, Shady. like, Shady Car Rental Company oh, X, man. right? Mm-hmm. So an hour, and we were just sitting there like, oh, God. oh, my God. We just, we literally just stood in line for an hour, and... Oh, my God. Completely self-inflicted, all right? Mm-hmm. So unlike other airports where the car rental setup is all centralized, yeah. this isn't. Yes, Denver's Every is. Every building yes. is separate mm-hmm. at the Denver airport. Yep. And so the 
the shady car rental company X that, oh, God, we have to go to that place now. You can't just, like, walk around the corner and it's there. It's, like, over a mile away. So we can either walk with all of our bags a mile, get an Uber, which is going to be expensive and take forever, or we can grab the Hertz shuttle back to the airport, hop on shady car rental X shuttle, and then go to that. So it's, like, this. It's oh now God. it's, like, we're an hour and a half, you know. So we hop on, take us back, we find shady car rental X shuttle. Okay. It's empty. There's one where there's a woman who's driving and grabs our bags. And by the way, the difference between shady X car rental company shuttle and Hertz shuttle is like a Ferrari versus a wood paneled station wagon with duct tape holding everything together. It was like straight out of a movie. Like, (laughs) is this thing safe to be in? Yeah. Yeah. What is this? This is a Griswold vacation at this point. This is awesome. (laughs) And so we get on this shuttle, and the woman who's driving, I think she was pretty new. She was a little bit kind of timid, and uh, she can't shut the double. We're the only two people on the bus. She she can't shut the double doors from the driver's seat So because it's, like, jammed or something. So she comes back, and she's using the manual hatch above to try and shut it, and she's just struggling. And I'm I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. So I said, do you, do you want some help? And she said, yes, please. She's like, thank you. So I get up there. I'm struggling. Finally, she grabs like a crank of some kind, like for leverage, and like cranks the door shut. And we're and my wife and I are sitting there like, this is amazing. Like this this is already like a train wreck. This whole thing has been a train wreck already. Right. So she finally gets the door to shut, and she starts. She goes to the next terminal, where of course there's like six people waiting to get on this small shuttle, and we're like, oh god. So five people get on, and we're waiting for the last person. I. And I see the the driver gets out of the car. Something's delaying. Well, there's a woman in a wheelchair who needs to get on the shuttle. And um, the only way she can get on the shuttle is if you open the back door and use the hydraulic wheelchair lift to bring her on, right? So this woman goes over there, the driver, and she's – I think this is the first time she's ever operated this thing. And she starts to move the hydraulic lift down. She finally figures out, like, how to open the back doors and, like – Use the remote control, but it's like getting jammed. It like it like won't come down, yep. and so she's like trying to force it, like ugh, like hitting the button harder. So what happened was the handle on the back doors to the van is this metal handle, and it's and the doors weren't open wide enough. So she's like forcing the hydraulic lift to go down, and it bends the metal handle on this door out straight. So we so the woman gets on the wheelchair, she comes on the bus, but the problem is the door handle is effed, and the door won't shut. And so the hydraulic thing is like just kind of like loosey goosey out the door and the driver can't get the door to shut. So we're all just sitting there like, oh, my God, what is happening? So I go back out there to try and help her again. And I said, you might want to call. Like, is there someone else you can call? She couldn't get the door shut, so she couldn't drive away. Right. And so we're all sitting there. She finally calls somebody else. A new shuttle comes up. Everyone gets their bags. And all right, we can just jump on the new shuttle. Uh Uh-uh. New shuttle guy decides I'm going to spend 15 minutes trying to help this woman fix the handle on the door rather than just like continuing the, the shuttle train, right? So anyways, after 15 minutes, he finally gets the door to shut by, like, Jimmy rigging it somehow. And we're all sitting there like, oh, my God, if this thing pops open and this woman with the wheelchair falls out, like, can right. you imagine the lawsuits, right? Right. So um, anyways, the door gets shut, finally get back on the road, and we get to Shady Car Rental Company X. We get to that headquarters. Mm-hmm. 90 minutes later after initially getting in the Hertz line, right? <sighs> okay. So... Finally, that's over with, right? <laughs> so uh, my wife gets in line at this new car company, and she's the first in line. And this literally looks like a foreign country, like a third world country of some kind. There's like there's one person working inside. 
It's a white, unmarked building. There's no signage on the inside. There's one person working in the building, and then there's one person, like, washing cars, and that's it. It's just, like, this desolate land of nothingness. And so she gets up there. The guy couldn't have been more, like, rude. Like, he's just trying to upsell you. Oh, you can't drive around in Colorado in that car. You need this car. It's like, dude, just, just, give, us, just give us a car. Please just give us a car. So we get the reservation. We walk out. Uh, by the way, as we're walking out, the, wo- the woman in the wheelchair is sitting outside, She goes, and she's like, yeah, they had to carry me off of the, they couldn't get the door back open and get the hydraulic yeah, down. because they, they broke carry it. me off. <laughs> yes. They had to carry me off. Like, wow. You know, two people had to help me get off. Mm. So, um, all right, so this has already been terrible. Wow. Right? This has just been the worst. Yeah. So we get in the car. We throw our bags in. <sighs> We're ready to rock and roll finally. And, uh. You know it's a shady place when you know how most car rental companies as you're leaving they do two things they check your paperwork yeah. and they've got that gate that's like you yeah. know the the arm that lifts up and down right mm-hmm. so this place we drive up they didn't have a gate they literally had a woman in like a 20 year old red SUV that was just blocking the exit and she would just <laughs> she would just like back she would back up and move forward <laughs> perpendicular to the exit acting as the arm and so she gets out of her SUV and she says, hey, can, you know, can I see your paperwork? And we hand her the paperwork and we said, do you need to see an ID? Too? She goes, nah. She looks at the thing for like two seconds and hands it back. Literally could have been anyone walking in and just like grabbing a car, right? Didn't, didn't look at ID or anything. And so we drive out of the lot. We literally get a quarter of a mile down the road in this car, a 2019 car, by the way. I won't say what brand, but it wasn't that old, but it had 52,000 miles on it over two years. It's probably been ridden pretty hard. That's pretty good. A quarter of a mile down the road, and this car starts beeping and lights flashing on the interior. System malfunction. System malfunction. And so we're like, and, and, and the air conditioning starts to turn to like a warm feeling coming out of the, I think it was like, I think we found that it was like, looking at the, uh, like the emergency lights, it was like some sort of transmission failure or something. And so now we're like. <laughs> so you're on, are you on the side of the road now? So so I pulled a U-turn and just went back. Oh, so you could Because we're only okay. a quarter of the mile, so quarter of a mile away, right? Okay. okay. So I, I, I go and turn back, and I go back in. And again, there's one. And so I'm looking for anyone else who works at this place. Literally no one else to help. Like, there's just nothing. And uh, so I walk back in, and now there's a line of, like, 10 people, and the guy behind the counter is helping them. And so I'm like, do I cut in front of all these people? Do I get back in line? Like, what do you do? So I got the paperwork, and he's looking at me. It kind of like, I look I look like I'm just ready to... This was kind of funny and like, oh, this is just one of those days where you'll just kind of roll with the travel punches and tell the story later until system malfunction. That's when I went from this is kind of funny to I'm ready to rage. Right. Yeah, you'd be furious. <laughs> yeah. So we get in and I've got my paperwork and the guy kind of looks and he didn't like really recognize me. He just said, oh, if, you, if you're returning a car, just leave it outside and leave <laughs> the keys in it. And I was like, I am returning a car that you gave me five minutes ago. It's smoking outside, and there's a system malfunction. And he, and he was like, what? No, he's like, come on up here. And I said, yeah, dude, we literally pulled up the light. He's like, no, that can't. That, he, was like, he was like pushing back at me, like, no, that, that can't, that can't <laughs> no, be possible. And I was is. like, I'm oh. like, dude, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be back here. Right. We would be in the freaking mountains. Like, I wouldn't be back here. Just please give us a new car. Right. And so from there, like, he just didn't say anything for the next 15 minutes while he typed things into the computer and got us a new car. We went on. After all this happened, we went on Google and just went and looked at reviews. You know how, like, 
the Google reviews and the Yelp reviews, it's always on a five-star basis. Anything under like three and a half is a train wreck because most people give fours and fives. This was a 1.5 on Yelp out of five. And every story is this. Is this a nationally known place? Yes. Interesting. Okay. And this specific place in Denver is like probably worse than the other ones. Okay. But we finally get a new car two hours later after all of this. Some of it self-inflicted. And we're off and on our way. So what is so. the so <laughs> the one thing that's weird about this is what's the deal with people telling you that they're going to rent you a car that's not going to work well in the terrain you're about mm. to drive in? Because when when we went to Florida the last time, Dawn and I were being upsold on a car, and literally the the guy says, "Well, that car I'm about to give you, if it has to cross the Sunshine Bridge, I don't know if it can make it up the bridge." And I'm like, dude. Then why is it not? Then why is it even? I'm like, dude. Then give me another car for free. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I mean that that whole thing of like, we got cars here. I don't know if they're safe. It's like, well, then it's your responsibility because I can sue you now. Yeah, and then here's the other thing. Okay, so like we bring this car back that has a system malfunction, Mm -hmm. and 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 it wasn't like when we restarted the car in the in the lot when we got we were like, oh, let's turn it off and turn it on and see what happens. It wasn't sure. I think it was like once you hit a certain gear. It was a system malfunction. But here's my question. They had nobody checking. You know, most of the time they'll have someone come over, check it out, right. like look at your paperwork and then go. They wow. had nobody doing that. It was just leave the keys in the car and go. So we're pretty sure that that car just got like put back on the lot. Sounds like it. No, he, he didn't ask any questions about what happened, what was the dash light, right, yeah. all that stuff. So somebody else probably got that car and had the same experience after us. But like, whew, just one of those travels. That, that is a hell of a story. That's awesome. Trying to fix it's awesome. the game. <laughs> Unbelievable. So the rest of it was amazing, and it couldn't have been more fun, just like hiking and whitewater rafting and everything and just drinking seltzers until late in the night. But, um, yeah. So if anybody else has nightmare travel stories, we would take them on this show. If anyone wants to, like, email us or tweet us or DM us your nightmare travel your nightmare travel stories, I think they're they're interesting. So, all right. Thanks for allowing me to therapeutically get that off my chest i'm glad you feel better now too yeah <laughs> all right uh that's a wrap on Mackie and judd today all we want are championships that's all we want so we're going to hold our teams to a high standard uh daily vikings conversations on purple daily youtube and podcast so we'll see you over there hopefully later today too hi this is chris howard host of plugged in with chris howard the college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.